Hello everyone and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock and along with Kyle Davis we will get uh, you caught up on the Rock's most recent game. A 17-14 win over the Calgary Roughnecks on the road on Saturday night. A rather large victory and you can make it two in a row for the Toronto Rock and uh, yeah things uh, in the East Division not surprisingly uh, change quite a bit on a weekly basis here and the Rock now sit in first place at seven and six, KD. Yeah, it's it's good to see. We called uh, a couple weekends ago. You know, we had these scenarios going on in our head, yeah. and typically we've been pretty bad at those scenarios. But and, uh, <laughs> but for this particular instance, it feels like most things have kind of gone in a positive direction for the Toronto Rock in the last two weeks, and we are as a as an organization as a team where where we want to be again so that's uh, that's a positive and i agree that was a massive road win this past weekend so as for our predictions last week i went back to my 17-9 and we see both goalies we got 17 goals we saw both goalies i was a little bit off on the goals against but um you were 15-11, right? Something in there, yeah, 15-11. So you almost hit the goal differential, bang on. But I think the big news was the offense kind of uh, came through when they needed to. And <clears throat> there were quite a few pivotal moments in the game, too, that I want to kind of go through. But, um, you know, when you look at that game, an excellent bounce back, first of all, because no matter kind of what's going on I still think a little bit probably in the back of your head and you know correct me if I'm wrong here KD but I I think there's still a little bit in the back of your head about you know a few weeks ago against this Calgary team things didn't go too well and things finished poorly and when the Roughnecks came on they came on and you kind of almost saw that even in the second quarter after the Rock got up 6-1 early Calgary came storming back and it was 8-8 at the half yeah no that has to be you know deja vu again going through yeah. the, going through the players heads to a certain extent but i do think that's why you know the professional athletes and they've played a lot of all these players have played a lot of big games gone through a lot of adversity in in their you know careers or junior wherever be uh but kudos to the rock this time for not letting it get away on them the other way calgary coming back and just kind of steamrolling with the momentum uh i thought it was a big, obviously very tight. I think it was 8-8 eight, eight at half, 11s at, after three, and just kept plugging away, sticking with the game plan to come out with a massive fourth quarter and ultimately win the game. And I think that's what good teams good teams do. And, uh, you know, if you want to take learning out of, you know, learning experiences from where they were back when they played originally to where they are now and how they kind of handled and how the roles kind of switched in terms of how they handled that particular uh, situation, I think the Rock have come come a long way in it. For instance, in uh, in picking up that big win, but a couple things that stuck out to me was uh, Kieran McCardle. I thought played another good game again, back to back hat tricks for him. Uh, if that's something, I'm not saying it's going to be the norm, but if he can get get into a good groove here down the stretch, I think that's uh, going to be a big boost for the Rock. Uh, the the goalie's getting pulled that you mentioned, uh, Del Bianco. We hadn't seen him really get torched yet this year uh, to a certain degree, and that was good to for the offense to, I think, get him in. And we've kind of mentioned Frankie's had his struggles throughout the early portion of this year, so if we could get him in, we thought we felt pretty good about, you know, where the game was at, obviously, at the time, and him not coming in and stoning us, I guess. Uh, so that, I thought, was big. And just talking to the Rock guys in the office here, you could tell how big that was when 
how big that win was for them, sorry, internally and, you know, just a grind that game was, the back and forth and how that's a tough building to play in and a fun building to play in and just an overall good good vibe around the team right now, it feels like, for them coming home. Yeah, when you mentioned Kira McCardle, I mean, I've just got a note here that says, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, in my mind, the answer to this question is yes, but, you know, was that his best game that he's played as a Toronto Rock? I think it might be. Yeah, it's right up there probably. And I think to kind of add to it the fact that he did it three goals, that being the it, scored three goals in back-to-back weeks, something, you know, that we hadn't really seen him do. So, uh, like you say, is this going to become the norm? I don't know, but it's certainly exciting, I think, to see his development now as a player is that, you know, maybe he can do this once in a while, go back-to-back and score two or three goals in consecutive games and, and be a factor in games on a regular basis. And, um, you know, there kind of been a few jokes around that, oh, well, now there's a new Captain America in town <laughs> that some people have been saying, which might be kind of jumping the gun, but he may need some kind of uh, American-based superhero nickname going forward here. I don't know what that's going to be, but... Um, I think very pleasant, uh, you know, I don't want to say a pleasant surprise maybe, but a little bit. It has to be that, you know, he has done this in back-to-back games. So we'll see what comes out of his stick here Friday night. But, uh, you know, I think now there's a bit of a small sample here that shows that he can do this now, which I think is pretty encouraging and, and maybe a little bit kind of, like I said, a little pleasant surprise here. Um, that maybe Kieran can kind of start to do this on a regular basis. Um, One thing that happened in the game, though, fourth quarter, uh, 15-12, Hellier scored on the power play. It was originally called off, and it was one of those things where, you know, there wasn't anything immediate kind of thing that had happened where you thought, oh, man, no way. Like, the the flag's got to go that's got to go. But Matty Sawyer threw the flag, and it ended up being – after review, called a goal, and that put the Rock up 16-12. Calgary responded right away. You know, you think you're now up 16-13 because of that challenge and that immediate Calgary answer versus only being up a, a pair of goals there late 15-13 instead if Sawyer doesn't challenge. So I thought that was actually a massive turning point in the game in the fourth quarter, despite the fact the Rock had gone on that little bit of run and put some distance between themselves and Calgary. But you could see and you had to feel that Calgary had the potential to still make this a tighter lacrosse game than what the score indicated at that point in the game. So, um, I mean, I think, you know, tip of the cap to Matty Sawyer on the bench for throwing that flag, I guess is what I'm trying to get to. I think that was a pretty big call and and an instrumental swing. Nick Rose, 37-51, allows 14 goals. So not his best game in the last few weeks, but still good enough to get a win and made the saves when he needed him to and if that means that this week we get a game where we're at the old nine or ten goal mark I think that could be a good thing just because again you look back at historically almost like Rosie seems to if he has one where he does let in a few more goals a lot of times he seems to dial it right back in the next week or you know the next few weeks in a row kind of thing for sure I agree I think we're I think we'll see a great game from him this weekend. Not, and not that I think he played bad this past weekend. Like in lacrosse, everything's 
you know, different. The 50 shots you might see one week are, you know, what are the quality of those shots? Who, yeah. who are the guys shooting them? Uh, we, we talk about some games are just a grind. You know, we mentioned Rochester was in some 9-8 games for a bit or New England, and some games are just a little more opened up. It's just the nature of lacrosse. And um, unfortunately, the goalie stats li- stat line can take a bit of a hit in a, you know, a higher-scoring affair, but I don't think it means he played bad. And Obviously, ultimately, all he has to do is outduel the other at the other end to pick up the win and and that's what he did but this weekend I think we're going to be in store for quite the goalie performance at both ends of the floor to be honest and a couple buddies going at it a couple uh Orangeville boys and uh, I'm sure they're going to be fired up and obviously massive game for Toronto and Colorado still fighting for you know what they believe they can catch Saskatchewan over there so I think both goalies are going to turn in a, a great performance it's gonna be fun to watch now, just a couple other thoughts on Calgary before we uh, move on from the game. Um, Curtis Dixon scores all three of Calgary's goals in the third quarter to keep things pretty tight. And I think just overall, at times, I felt like Calgary is not for real. But now I kind of think after watching that game, maybe they are a little bit better than maybe we gave them credit for at different points in the season. And I still think they could be they could be a bit of a dark horse still in the West. You've got a guy like Curtis Dixon who is just so explosive and can take over a game and just rattle off five or six or seven goals. Now sometimes, you know, you're seems to be you're in a situation if you're the Calgary Roughnecks where a lot of your eggs are in that basket and sometimes he is taking the you know, maybe the upwards of 13, 14, 15 shots and if they're not falling, you know, it's not like those shots are there for anybody else. He's taking those shots for you. So it's a little bit of, uh, I guess, live and die by the sword maybe with, with Curtis Dixon, but I still think the fact that you've got that possibility that he could be you know, so explosive still in a one-game situation that I really don't think you can rule the Roughnecks out in the West you know, if and when, more so when, they clinch that uh, final playoff spot. I agree. and When watching Curtis, I, I always find a lot of his goals feel like you know, he's got a guy draped on his back. It's a it's a highlight reel goal. He's going to the net. And in a way, it kind of shadows Calgary, like you're mentioning, you know, with Calgary on his back and, and whatnot. But in a, in a one-game one playoff, anything can happen. And I think for them throughout the year, consistency has been a little bit of an, an, of an issue for them. But if you could get, you know, the performance Wes Berg turned in a couple weeks ago when he put up six – coupled that with a Curtis playing a big game and say the performance Dane Doby put on in Toronto last time they were here when he was rolling scoring some massive goals yeah all three of them going at the same time uh obviously need a better goaltending performance than this past week but yeah why why couldn't they win a game or, or two in the playoffs for sure yeah when you're saying about like Curtis Dixon scoring goals with players draped on his back I think those are also the type of goals and Dane Doby I think also has the kind of like you mentioned him and how he got the rock on a roll but he's got that same potential to score those types of goals that just rally a team get them going fire them up and like you know they see Dobie out there battling the way he does sometimes and you know he scores those goals where it's just like there's a little guy out there that just took a beating and then you got the six foot four guy sitting on the bench going okay you know Dane's out there getting his you know crap beat out of him down there to score a goal like I think I can go to the same spot and get that goal you know for my team yeah there's no way guy coming off the bench can't feel motivated to go out and replicate the the effort given by by all means so those little guys like that they can really you know make an impact on a bench and just 
you know help bring the team uh, the team up when needed. So be curious to watch them down the stretch here and, and see how that plays out for them. But I think they definitely could, you know, no no doubt win a game in the in the West. Yeah, and I mean, hey, let's face it. Here in Toronto, we're pulling for either Calgary or Colorado to come out of the West if the Rock are the East Division winners, because that means they'll automatically be the the number two playoff seed for the uh, for the postseason. So you have to look at you know. We're pulling for our boys, Colorado or Calgary, to come out of that West so that uh, hopefully we can, uh, you know, get that quote-unquote home floor advantage for the championship series, which at this point, I know talking about it sounds ludicrous because of the way the standings are, but, and it's way off down the road here that we still have to look at. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a wild, wild start to this season. We're about three-quarters of the way through it, and uh, we are in for quite a finish. And, folks... That's a nice little segue into uh, letting you know what you're in for here the rest of the show. We're going to have Toronto Rock president, owner, and general manager, Jamie Dowick, uh, in studio with us. Pardon me. And we're also going to have uh, Rock goaltender Nick Rose stopping by to chat a little bit about uh, this past weekend. And obviously a matchup against uh, either Dylan Ward or Steve Fryer, two guys that I would say very good friends of Mr. Rose. So, uh Lots of guys are, are close in this league, but I think those guys, there's probably two distinct relationships that we can talk about a little bit with Rosie. One in Dylan Ward, who was his backup in junior, and then Steve Fryer, who was his backup here um, with The Rock for the last few years. So, Or one of the backups, practice roster goalie more so, but uh, definitely a, a very uh, big part of the team was Steve Fryer. He was. He was very well liked by uh, all indications in the room and a, a good guy and see some videos of him floating around out in Denver and it looks like he's quite well liked there as well. He's having a time. <laughs> all right, so we'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access and then we will welcome Jamie Dowick in the studio with us. Stick around. Come on, girls, let's rock that. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis. And we are now joined by Jamie Dowick, owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock. Jamie, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Now, before we get uh, into this past weekend's game in Calgary, let's talk a little bit about what may or may not be the news of the week. But uh, an update on Tom Schreiber. Originally, there was thought that this Friday night could be his return to action. What is the latest there? I thought the news of the week was that I'm on the podcast back-to-back weeks. <laughs> like, I, I'm trying to figure out why that is right now, you well, know. But the Schreiber thing, people are probably a little more interested in that. Um, you know, uh, Tommy will be coming up here, I guess, tomorrow morning coming in. We're gonna, we didn't practice last night this week. Uh, we're going to practice Thursday night instead. And so uh, Tommy will be coming in tomorrow. Um, I know he is, uh, you know, hoping to take part in practice and shoot around. And uh, I would I would, I would say right now we're, we're 50-50 on whether uh, we'll see Tommy this weekend or not. He's he, Everything I'm getting is he's real close and this and that. And, and um, you know, Tom and I have kind of, like, kind of said, like, I want him to, to be cleared so that he can come back and have no concerns about this injury or be worrying about things and just do what he does. Um, 
So if we need to put this off maybe another week, we'll, we'll do it. But, you know, he is right on schedule. It was six to eight week injury. We're at the six week point here. So, um, you know, it, uh, I'm probably not quite as optimistic as I was a week ago, um, but it's possible. So 50, if you're a gambler, 50 50 be good. Good, good odds, I think. <laughs> so we're saying that maybe we could perhaps officially list him as a game time decision here. Is it to oh, that point? I don't know if we'll, we'll probably make the decision in the morning. Yeah, I guess shoot around. Yeah. Well, what's what would that term be for then? In shoot around time decision? I don't know. Game day decision. Yeah, game we'll uh, decision. we'll get a better idea here tomorrow once Tommy gets in, sees Davey, gets out there uh, practicing with the boys. You know, it's been a while, so uh, looking forward to just seeing him out there. And that's a sign towards him coming back, whether it's, uh, you know, this week or we got to wait a week, um, you know, by the the boys picking up a couple big wins here in a row definitely helps. And, and you know, and uh, like I said earlier, we I've told him all along, like we can't, we want him back, but we want him back healthy, you know, able, ready to go out there and just play, not be concerned about Reaggravating an injury or this and that, like if if to me, especially a guy like him, if he's going out there and he's not, you know, hundred percent sure in that recovery, he's going to be hesitant and it's going to take away from what he does. So, um, you know, that that's the 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 tough part of juggling all that, really. Now, last week uh, we talked a little bit, obviously, about the acquisition of Dan Taylor at the trade deadline, and uh, you know, you said. Yeah, I was right. Eh? I was Not right. Planned. K- KD was or both of you were well, right. I was still I, saying I thought I listened chance, to the rest yeah. of the podcast last week. I had some I driving like, to do, and one chance. of you was. Uh, oh, it was definitely me, hundred percent. I thought still there was a chance he was going to find his way in hometown. I like the storyline there, right? Would have loved to have played him last week in his hometown. You're bang on, but it was just more a matter of, you know, like we met Dan Taylor at a team dinner on Friday night. And, uh, you know, so it, it was a good weekend, good to get to meet him. And, and you know, he'll be coming in here tomorrow as well. And, and uh, you know, excited. So is there a, a plan to get him into the – I mean, I guess obviously him with the opportunity to have his first practice with the team this week and a full shoot-around and whatnot. Uh, what are the thoughts as to whether or not he's – Going to be in the lineup Friday night. I mean, does this all also depend on Tom Schreiber's health, I guess, as well? Oh, lots there of questions. There seems to be a lot of balls in the air probably oh, at yeah. this point still. Um, I would think there's a good chance you see Dan Taylor this Friday night. Um, we didn't trade for him to, to fly him in here to sit him in the stands, and he's going to get a chance to practice with us tomorrow night. And, um, you know, I think, he, I think he needs an opportunity here. And, uh, you know, is it going to be this Friday for sure? I don't know, but I, I, I like to think it is. Jamie, last time you played Calgary uh, in Toronto, it was a tight game going into the fourth, and Calgary obviously got the better of you uh, pretty handily in that fourth quarter. Similar turn of events this week, tight game going into the fourth, and I thought the boys grinded out and, and played unbelievable in the fourth to get that win. To me, that shows progression, I guess, you know, through the course of a season. What does that mean to you, or how, what did you, how did you take that? I do agree with that. Um, you know, we also blew a six-one lead in that game. So, I, now having said that, that's early too, right? Like it's it, it's just our game. It's it's our league. Like and and you're right. And we really did play well in the fourth quarter, both offensively and defensively. 
but then you're still like to the point where you're up three goals with three minutes to go or and you know that you know you can play great for 58 minutes and if you lay two minutes worth of eggs you could lose and and so uh but it, it, was, it was good to see that make I, I said it last week and you know calgary's the tough place to win it's it's a legitimate travel it's just a lot of factors there and, and they're a good team and they play in front of a loud crowd and and you know they know all the tricks of the trades in that building and and it's just it's a tough place to win so that's why um you know winning there it does feel good and and you know we needed it uh, because the division didn't get um, you know didn't didn't nothing it's, it's going to be a dog fight here to the end for everyone and and so every win is huge um a win again in western you know it was great it was a big win for us and number six kieran mccardo strung together back-to-back hat tricks now is this the the most comfortable you've seen him you know, since he since he's arrived, or the best you've seen him play since he's arrived, or what do you make of his game of late? Yeah, I think the only difference really right now is he's he's getting he's shooting a little more. Like, you know, and t- it's funny you, some people that don't really whatever they'll they'll laugh and say, "Come on," but you know, like him and Tommy, you know, like we we we've had to be on Tommy so much that first year. Shoot the ball, shoot the ball. Same with Kieran. I, I you know, shoot the ball because they've got such they bring different elements to their game, and, and Kieran is you know on the left side he probably creates his shot um better than anyone there his feet are great and and he really can create that that space that you need in the box game and 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 it's just been he's been a little more you know i guess he's feeling a little more confident just it just comes i guess where because you know we've been telling him shoot the ball shoot the ball shoot the ball like we're never gonna you know, there's not a lot of guys you can say to, you know, we're never going to tell you you took too many shots, so just shoot. Because if you said that to some guys in this league, they'd have 50 shots. <laughs> like, they really would. Um, both those guys, it's, it's not the case. But yeah. Karen's just – he's just steadily going along. Uh, you know, and I've said all along, if, if Tommy wasn't around, you know, what Karen's kind of been doing is, to me, ahead of the curve of what you hope. And, and – I, I like Kieran's game a lot, and he's really kind of stepped it up over the last little bit with, with Tommy being out, and and uh, you know I know that uh, you know he just does all the little things right, so uh, he's kind of right now got his kind of thing going together, and, and let's hope it continues. But I, there's no reason I expect it not to. So looking ahead to this weekend, uh, Colorado comes to town, the first of two games against the Mammoth. Uh, this season and basically over the next month here as the team will also finish up the season against the Mammoth in Colorado at the end of April. Um, one thing I do want to mention or talk to you about is just uh, the return of Steve Fryer here. Return of the deep. The return of the deep. I mean, I know he's been promoting it quite a bit on, on his social media, so hopefully it's helping it out, selling some tickets maybe. But um, do you think there is any chance we see him Friday night unless it's in a relief role? Well, I'm not going to lie to you. I... Is that how you hope you uh, see him? I, I did thing? send yeah. the deep a text <laughs> the other day and told him that um, you know whether he was starting or not, we would we would get to see him there on Friday night. But in all honesty, I mean, last time Colorado had back to back games, they did start uh, Steve and again. It feels weird calling him Steve. <laughs> Steve. They, they did uh, they did start the deep in one of the game, and he played really well. Yeah. Um, as much as you know, it would be a great story in this and that. Uh, to me, 
you know, D Ward, they, they lost last week. This is D Ward's hometown. D Ward's the backbone of their team. You know, he's one of their leaders. Um, you know, I, I think, while I think Deep might get some time in Rochester, if anyone really wants to drive down there to see him play, <laughs> um, I, I do expect to see Dylan Ward on uh, Friday night. I, I just think that's what they're going to do. And, and um, you know, that that's, that's how we'll prepare. And it seems like, I mean, I know everybody's got a, a good pulse on – you know, from the coaching staff and whatnot as to who the the opponent is. But from a fan's perspective, I mean, this Colorado team is somebody we don't always get to see every year. I think it's also kind of a unique opportunity to see some of the best players in the game that are on the other side of the ball here and get a chance to see this matchup that I think, you know, the Steve Fryer matchup would be fun. But, you know, we're probably going to see a matchup of Nick Rose against Dylan Ward here, maybe the two best goalies in the league. Yeah, that's a great matchup. I mean, you know, Colorado's a good team. Um, you know, and they and they they've made a few trades that that now bring a few familiar, you know, kind of rock beaters. To be honest with you, to town yeah. in Benash and and Kehoe. I mean, those guys have, you know, yeah, been a thorn in my side for the last you know <laughs> ten years. They really have. So you know, throw in Jeremy Noble, Zach Greer, you know, and and, I, and then there's other pieces there too. So. D Ward, you know, right there, obviously in the conversation for goaltender of the year every year, and and yeah, I agree. Him and Rosie are, you know, in that group right at the top of the game right now. So that should be a heck of a battle. Um, I think we're both similar teams. I think they're both, you know, I know that team's coached very well. I know they're very disciplined. I know they play hard, and I know they lost last week. And and I don't know Pat Coyle that well, but from the few people that I've talked to about him, I'm sure he's not too happy about it, and, and they're going to bring their game this week. So, um, you know, it's a big weekend for them. I, I get it. Like, you put yourself in their position. Um, you know, it, it's it's a big weekend for them. They they lost last week. They don't. They definitely don't want to drop two games on the East Coast this week. And, and um, you know, they, but two wins puts them right back, you know, right up up Saskatchewan there so they'll 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 be tough man I expect them to be uh to be real tough this weekend all right Jamie well thanks a lot for stopping by and uh chatting this week as always and best of luck Friday night and we'll do this again soon all right thanks guys all right that was Toronto Rock owner president and general manager Jamie Dowick joining us when we come back Nick Rose will be jumping in studio to chat a little bit more about the matchup between he and D.E. Ward this Friday night. Stay with us. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis uh, here in studio. We now welcome in Toronto Rock goaltender Nick Rose to the show. Rosie, how you doing? Good. How's it going with you guys? Can't complain I'd here. say things are good. Yeah, yeah. we're well. Things good. are good. Things are good. Um, before we start talking about any um, games or recent results or anything, we wanted to chat a little bit with you about relationship that you've had with both goalies that we're going to see here Friday night in the Colorado Mammoth. So let's start with Dylan Ward, who, you know, from all kind of accounts here, we think he's probably going to be the guy starting a net Friday night. But uh, he's a guy that 
you know, backed you up in junior. Um, I don't know. There's lots of places we can go with this. There's, but let's just start talking about just the relationship that you guys had kind of in junior and maybe how that's kind of continued to grow, I guess, or develop as you guys have uh, embarked on your professional careers on a different team. Yeah, I mean, I've known Dylan a long time. Uh, obviously, being partners in junior is kind of where we really started to become good friends. And he was a great teammate. He was a great uh, goalie partner. It kind of pushed me to be as good as I could be in junior. And, yeah, I think uh, obviously he's probably considered the best goalie in the world right now. And that's uh, that's well earned by him. And he's uh, since he's came into the NOL, he's only gotten, gotten better each year. So uh, happy to see him doing well. But uh, hopefully Friday night... Uh, he has one of those off nights, but uh, no, we're we're real good buddies uh, away from lacrosse, and uh, we actually are business partners as well. We run goalie clinics together, so um, so yeah, we're uh, we know each other very well. I want to go back to a moment in junior between you two guys that uh, was kind of interesting. I thought, anyways, and correct me if I'm wrong on any of the details with this because it, it was a little while ago now, but I I think it was 2009 Minto final. Um, it was game three, right? Where he, you were, was it game three or game two? One of the games where you got thrown out, wasn't it? And D Ward came in to mop up the last couple of minutes. It was a little that, frantic. Yeah, that was game one. Game one, okay. Um, what was, maybe take us back to that and, and maybe paint the picture a little bit and just what, you know, what you saw from Dylan maybe then coming into a massive pressure situation and, and the relationship there between you guys even in that game. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, he like he would have had a chance uh, to to be the starter in Junior B uh, in Orangeville, but he chose to stay with the Junior A team and and kind of practice against uh, some higher quality players. And he didn't he didn't play a ton during the regular season or playoffs, but uh, he did play against the Alberta team in the Minto Cup and put, played pretty well. But um, yeah, I I got called on the legal equipment and uh, got tossed from the game and. He had to go in there with about five or six minutes left, and it was within two goals, I think, mm-hmm. uh, when he went in, and he shut the door. And I, I do remember I was kind of standing uh, in the hallway, kind of watching uh, with my hands over my eyes a little <laughs> bit. But uh, I know I do remember him making a massive save on on Andrew Potter, who was the MVP, I think, that year yeah. or whatever, one of the best players in the league uh, to kind of preserve the win and. Uh, yeah, at that point, I uh, was pretty fired up. Glad he was able to help our team uh, get that win because it was crucial. It ended up being uh, uh, <laughs> the difference, really, uh, one game uh, uh, difference in the two or three. So, um, yeah, and I, I always kind of knew he was going to be a real good goalie. And then, obviously, once uh, the next year, he uh, had a fantastic year as well. And then his last year, he was obviously uh, – the best school in Canada and maybe uh, put on one of the best performances ever at a mental cup. Now, I just think I, and just a few <coughs> thoughts on that mental cup. I can just still remember the, the goaltending equipment controversy that existed in that mental cup was crazy, but still one of my favorite moments that I know I talk about is just when you in game three, I think it was right when they called your equipment, but then it was yeah. legal and you <laughs> came running out. And I was like, you can still see that just how pumped the crowd was too, but how pumped you were when you ran out too, that, uh, 
you kind of beat the man there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, obviously getting tossed in game one. I mean, with goalie equipment, we're talking about the difference of an eighth of an inch here or an eighth or of an inch. Or how hot it is in the arena yeah, that like, day, right? Like, like just with uh, with playing that much, like especially in playoffs, you're playing pretty well every night, so your equipment tends to expand. And, uh, and yeah, the, they called me in game one uh, late, and they obviously kind of thought that it was illegal, and it was, so... Uh, not really m- much of an excuse, like other than yeah. the fact that it was over by about a quarter of an in- or about an eighth of an inch, I believe it was. But and then uh, yeah, game three, obviously to have the chance, uh, they called me again late in the game, and we were up uh, quite a few to kind of be able to run back out and finish out that game was uh, pretty special. I know uh, I remember Andrew Suter kind of told her captain Glennie that he wasn't going in the room because uh, he hadn't <laughs> had much luck. Uh, with the goalie calls or any equipment yeah. calls, so uh, I, I remember Suter ran out ahead of me, pretty fired up. So yeah, that was a special moment. That's right. Yeah, Suits did run out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to get his thoughts on one here, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with uh, <laughs> pertaining to the deep, I noticed I came across this today. Uh, it's D Ward's birthday. I noticed, and the deep has a shutout. For those of who don't know this at home, it, I'm just going to read this. It says, happy birthday shout out to my partner in crime at Dill Ward 37. This part is what I would like to get your opinion on. Couldn't ask for a better guy to learn from. Wow. Ooh, wow. I, quite the tenure between you guys, Oakville Rock, Toronto Rock. He's been there for half a season and he's throwing out slang like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen that yet, but uh, for myself and BML, we might have to take that one. Uh, a little personal, but no, I mean, he's in Colorado. He's got to kind of keep things uh, smooth sailing there. <laughs> so I, I know what he's doing there, but uh, me and Frizy also have a good relationship and whatnot. So I, I know how Frizy operates, so I'll, <laughs> I'll let that one slide, mainly because I don't want to talk to him about it this week. Fair enough. Just thought, <laughs> well, we're on the topic here. Yeah. Little job there. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you do? You think there's any chance? I mean, we asked Jamie about this earlier, and we've kind of we kind of flirted with it last week too, a little bit, just to you know. You think there's a chance? Frizy's in that on Friday night. Uh, I don't think uh, he'll be starting the game. No. No. I think. Wait, with with the way Dylan Ward's been a been as a franchise goalie for them, I think they kind of owe it him owe it to him in front of his friends and family. Yeah. To start him on Friday night, and um, would I love to see Fryer get in there? Yeah, for sure. But uh, I think Dylan Ward will be starting the game, and and I'd have to imagine they'll consider starting Frizy Saturday night just because of how well he did the last time on the back to back. But I think uh, I think they'll be going with D Ward Friday. Yeah, it's uh, it's also been neat to see to some of the social media posts and whatnot that have uh, popped up in the last few days that. You know, some people are saying I'm going to be cheering for the Rock, but you know it's going to be tough if if Coach Fryer, who helps out with the Rock Elite League and whatnot around here, if he's in net, then he's what was I think the one comment was my head's going to be spinning. It's kind of uh, neat that uh, you know Steve Fryer has been able to kind of create a little bit of a relationship with some of the fans and some of the kids too that come through this building. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, especially with the programs here at the track and the coaches in the Rock Elite League, even this year he all winner with he's been with Colorado and he still kind of gave that time back to to our program and he's built relationships with with a lot of the kids helped uh, a lot of the young goalies uh, kind of improve the game so I 
I am not shocked that a lot of them have become fans of him. All right, so the consensus is Steve Fryer, all-around good guy. Good in the room. All right. <laughs> so let's chat a little bit about uh, this past weekend in Calgary. Um, you know, obviously a, a huge win for the Toronto Rocks, second in a row. Uh, maybe break down the way that the game kind of evolved in your mind with uh, the big lead early, team battles back, and then we're in, you know, a bit of a dogfight here through the second half of the game before the Rock able to pull away. But maybe just talk a little bit about what you were seeing out there uh, early on and how the game changed. Yeah, I mean, obviously early on, uh, things were going according to plan. I uh, I thought our offense and transition game were on fire to start the game. Um, I felt pretty good in the first quarter, seeing the ball fine, and we didn't really give up that many good chances in the first quarter either, But uh, so our defense was playing well. But those 5 uh, nothing 6-1 leads are... Uh, <laughs> Dangerous. Yeah, they're, they're tough for the NL because uh, this is uh, maybe... More so than any other league, you really can't take uh, the foot off the gas pedal, and uh, we obviously did that for a couple minutes, and then they started making some nice plays and got themselves back in the game, and and yeah, it was a dogfight from there on out, and it's a tough place to go out and, and win a game, and uh, for us to kind of be able to do that, even though it was looking a little murky at times, uh, is great for us, especially with how tight our division is, so we'll... Uh, We'll take it. It was definitely one of uh, the bigger grinds we've had of the had of this season, but a win's a win. And looking ahead now, Colorado coming into town this week, Rosie sitting nine and four, coming off a tough loss uh, themselves. What do you make of this Colorado team and specifically the offense? Because you know, just looking at some of their weapons, very familiar with Noble. You are you know played with Keo Benesh. You've played a for years against you know the Buffalo Toronto thing pretty familiar guys coming into town is that uh you know do you look forward to that does that help or does that hurt because I mean they know you as well yeah I mean for sure I uh I I do think that it's gonna be another tough game and I hopefully uh being at home will help us a little bit um nice to get back in front of our fans but um they're a good team obviously they've proved it all regular season so far and uh they're still chasing Saskatchewan. They're right on their heels, so we know that we're going to get their best, and uh, they they need to win it as much as uh, as much as we do. So um, we'll be uh, prepared for them after practice and video tomorrow night. But um, we know we're in for a tough matchup. Their their offense obviously has been getting the job done this year. Um, seems like they work pretty well together and uh, kind of. While the games I have watched, it seems like they score and when they need need to score. Not as much uh, where they're kind of blowing teams out, but their offense uh, is good at getting timely goals, and we just have to be able to uh, limit that. And one last one, one I'm kind of all over the place here, to be honest. I should have circled back on the Calgary <laughs> game first. But uh, Dan Taylor, first time with the team last week. I know he didn't get in the lineup, but what was it like meeting the uh, – you know, the newest member of The Rock and getting accustomed to him. I know he's with the team at dinner and obviously at the game. And did you know him prior? And how did he kind of gel his first weekend with the boys? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really know him all that much uh, prior. I'm sure I've said hi to him, uh, had a conversation with him maybe uh, post-game once. But um, he's a nice guy. He, uh, you could tell that he was just trying to kind of meet everybody and not uh, obviously uh, kind of 
cause any problems, obviously. Not that he would, but it just like he was just trying to kind of stay in his lane and talk to anybody that wanted to talk to him and be a good teammate uh, out there in Calgary. And um, looking forward to when he does get in the lineup. I know he's a big body. He'll help that left side. And uh, what he did in Saskatchewan, he had some good games there as well. So we're excited at the addition of him, but he... Uh, He's definitely just going to be another one of the guys and a piece of the puzzle for us. All right, Rosie. Well, thanks a lot for joining us. And uh, I'll tell you a story off air about this, but I had somebody refer to you that I ran into this week as a celebrity. Wow. <laughs> it was a pretty funny story. Was the guy sober? Um, the person was definitely sober. Yes, they were. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny story, though. But anyways, right. um, can't wait to hear it. It'll be a little off air, a little anecdote. But uh, thanks for joining us here. Best of luck Friday night. And uh, I am sure we will chat again soon. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. That was Nick Rose, Toronto Rock goaltender. We'll take a short break. And then uh, KD and I will be back to wrap this thing up. Stay with us. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis here bringing it home as we get ready for the Toronto Rock and Colorado Mammoth at the ACC on Friday night at 7.30. We are going to kick off this last segment of the show by doing a little buying and doing a little selling. So I'm going to throw three things at KD, and he is going to, uh, he's going to just tell us if he's buying it or selling, and he's also going to tell us why. We're going to start off uh, Rob Hellier, Adam Jones, both uh, – Back in the mix near the top of the league scoring leaders. Uh, Rob Hellier in fifth with 76 points. Adam Jones in sixth with 74. All four guys ahead of them have all played one more game than either uh, Hellier or Jones. So are you buying or selling that The Rock will have two guys finish in the top four among NLL scoring leaders? Uh, that's a tough. I'm looking at the numbers here right now. Unfortunately, I am going to I'm going to sell that both of them get in the top four. I think one of them gets in the top four. Uh, just looking at the numbers here. Matthews at 87, Dana 85, Church at 83. I think those guys stay. It's Resiteris is where I think that there's going to be a flip. Uh, I'm not saying in any particular order here. It's tough. And then, you know, everyone's fighting positioning down the stretch. And, you know, Buffalo's going to rely on Dane, Matthews, everything goes through Matthews and Church. I still think people are going to get their their points down the stretch here. Um, And as will Hellier and Jones, just, you know, to get in, Hellier is seven back of Church, which is definitely, you know, right in his wheelhouse to put a game up like that. Jones nine back. Uh, it'll be tough. You do have to put those points in the bank, uh, but unfortunately, I'm just gonna just play the numbers game here and say one of them gets in the top four, not both. Unfortunately. All right, uh, number two on the list here. Um, it is a rock statistical buying and selling again. Uh, currently, the Rock have four of the ten penalty minute leaders in the National Lacrosse League. Brock Sorensen on top and running away with it. 
Uh, Brad Cree, Brody Merrill, Billy Hostraz are all within the top ten. The Rocks' penalty kill is seventh amongst the nine teams in the NLL and very close to uh, dropping to eighth. So the question is here, or I guess the statement, whether or not you're buying or selling, that the Rock penalty kill and penalty minutes are a concern down the stretch here. First of all, I think those numbers for the Rock players are a bit inflated due to some of the games they, they were in early. I know, I think Billy fought in the first three games, if I recall. Yes. yes. Um, you know, you look at Cree, Merrill, Sorensen got involved in dust-ups or whatever you want to call it out in Vancouver, which they all walked away with, you know, some pretty high numbers. So I think yep. I do think the numbers are inflated. Um Saying that, the penalty kill, I don't think is where the team wants it to be at. Uh, you know, Going back a couple games to your last game, I think they gave up three opportunities to Calgary. Calgary scored on two. The game before that, they only gave up one opportunity to New England, but the, and, and they killed it off. So I don't think you know the numbers are – the penalty minutes for those guys are a cause con- for concern. I, I like to see that the number of penalties giving up on a per-game basis are down – but I do think we do have to watch the PK as the number. We want the PK numbers to be better, obviously, is what I'm getting at here. Uh, so I do think there is a little bit cause for concern down the stretch, and it's only because they are going to be in such a tight race, and every goal is going to be critical, and you don't want to, you know, give the other team an opportunity here to to bury a game away or put you away on a power play by any means here you want to you know five on five is where you want to live okay so we're we're buying one we're selling one so far here's the tiebreaker not involving the toronto rock so this is a good one um the vancouver stealth mathematically still alive they are i guess realistically still alive because of who their opponents are still on their schedule but it looks like they're probably going to have to win out and essentially hope that Calgary will basically lose out as well to make it nice and clean. So are you buying or selling that the Vancouver Stealth shock the world and make the playoffs? I'm selling that. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, right. they did have a big win this past week and, you know, coupled with some help from Toronto, ironically, uh, you know, they're still in the hunt for Calgary there. I do find it interesting they do play each other two more times down the stretch here. Um, Calgary's beaten both times already this year, though. I don't think Vancouver, you know, the season they've had, they're all of a sudden going to rattle off the rest of their remaining games and, and shock the world. I mean, it's crazy to believe the season they've had that we're even still talking about them having a chance here because <laughs> we all know how that's gone. But, uh, you know, I will be selling the Vancouver Stealth shock the world here and find a way in. All right, yeah, I think the Vancouver Stealth uh, saved themselves from the record books, I think, too, with that win. I think I looked it up last week. Edmonton, uh, they were 1-15 in one year, I think might be one of the worst records. And there are other teams, I believe the Charlotte Cobras, way back when 0-8. The Cobras. Yes. <laughs> um, but that's going way back, a shorter schedule or whatever, and you never know. Maybe the Cobras could have turned it around in a 16 or 18-game schedule and – you know, you'd think they had a couple in their pocket. But if you look at half. that roster from back then, oh boy, oh boy, Charlotte Cobras, wow. Um, that Vancouver win though, like Colorado's playing for something here. That's a they wanted that win bad. I'm assuming you know that drops them in 
another game, you know, spot back behind Saskatchewan in terms of the chase. The Saskatchewan was at 11. Colorado's now at 9. You know, that would have put them at 10 right in the mix. So that, that stings Colorado there for sure. Yeah, and I think, you know, like we were kind of talking about a little bit off here when we mentioned Saskatchewan and just the whole West situation there and, and how I think really the general consensus is that Saskatchewan is about as close to a slam dunk of coming out of the West as you can get. However, I think there is cause for concern, and like I was mentioning earlier, is just the fact that some of the games you think they would maybe, you know, they obviously haven't lost a ton of games this year, but when they have lost... It's been a bit off the radar, and you've been kind of surprised that that's a game they lose, right? You know, and so for that reason, I'm kind of taking a little bit of the slam dunk away. Maybe it's a layup, you know what I mean? Like, but I just think there is still a real opportunity that either Calgary or Colorado, because we've already decided Vancouver is not shocking the world here, either Calgary or Colorado can still come out of the West, I think. I really do believe that, and and like you said earlier, that that's kind of the scenario that everybody here in Toronto would like to uh, play out if the Rock, especially, were able to win uh, win the East Division. So, um, yeah, that's buying or selling. So let's get into uh, this week's game against Colorado Mammoth. We've heard some uh, opinions, obviously, from Nick Rose, from Jamie Dowick. Uh, so, KD, let's now get your thoughts on what you expect from this game on Friday night. I expect it to be low, sc- more a low-scoring affair. To be honest, with both goalies, that uh, we've kind of hyped this matchup up as a goaltender, you know, potential goaltender of the year candidates here. So I, I, I don't think it's going to be a crazy shootout. Not necessarily like seventeen fourteen, like we just saw. I don't think we see both goalies on either team here. I think both goalies go the full distance. Uh, Prediction-wise, I'm going to go Toronto twelve. Actually, sorry, Toronto 13, Colorado 9. Uh, I think the game might start a little bit slower, though. Just first time they've played each other, haven't seen each other all year, just getting uh, getting used to each other, getting a feel for the game. But, uh, yeah, 13-9 in a, in a good, hard-fought goaltending battle with Toronto coming out on top. I really want to go back to the well with my 17-9 prediction, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shave it a bit both ways and go 16-10. And I think because it seems like when the Rock have won and been at their best, they have chased the goalie. And myself, always being a fan of the storyline. You want the deep. I want to see the deep in net at some point on Friday night. And if you're a Toronto Rock fan, the best way for that to happen would be if Dylan Ward got chased early. So I'm going back to the well with it again. Surprise, surprise. I'm saying... uh, a fairly sizable Toronto Rock win with a 16-10 score, and that we do see both goalies on the other side of uh, on the other side of things with Dylan Ward likely getting the start. I see Steve Fryer coming in for some mop-up duty, and then it's a beautiful story. It is. It is. If he does come in for mop-up duty, how do you see the story? the story playing out do you want him absolutely torched in his return? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think maybe he comes in and like solidifies the already what was going to be a win like just yeah. kind of shuts the door know, a little yeah. bit like how do you see you want Maybe this I'm story the rocket up to like 11 12 goals by halftime Frizy comes in and maybe only lets in four in the second half but the rock still wins 16 10 there you go uh, that's a good storyline then have, right it is until we have maddie on next week and ask him about <laughs> what happened to the offense in the second half <laughs> yeah. of the game 
Well, the answer is Steve Fry. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Fry's he closed the door, yeah. All right, uh, so there we go. Predictions are out there. We got lots to talk about, though, in terms of uh, tickets and whatnot and lots of other big things coming uh, down the pipe here in the coming weeks to keep your eye on, uh, especially if you're a Toronto Rock season ticket holder. Um, but first and foremost, this Friday night, we've got the coaches clinic going on during the day, lots of stuff. You can tee it up. Yeah, we've got a big coaches clinic, first time we've ever done this, uh, during the day or in the morning at the uh, – Easter Friday there at the Air Canada Centre. So uh, if you haven't signed up for that and you're interested, we still have spots available. It, uh, it's a free coaches clinic with the purchase of uh, a $36 game ticket. So you can't really go wrong with that. You're learning from some of the best, obviously, at the highest level, coaching at the highest level. You get to watch a shoot around, some pretty cool other stuff and uh, perks involved. So uh, hop on torontorock.com slash fan zone for that if you are, are still interested. Uh, as well, the game at night, there's still some great tickets around, uh, but it is moving quick. And as I've talked about multiple times in the past shows here, we've got a lot of great momentum in the games of late, uh, and this is no different. And you'd Colorado in town, a team that we don't get to see often. We've teed up the goalie matchup. Uh, you know, they got some big shooters on their team too, and Benash and Greer and Noble and, and whatnot. So it's a game you're not going to want to miss. So definitely still, you know, depending on your numbers, we could still get you in the, the six-ticket flex pack. Still got the Jack Astors pack, which is selling hot. Uh, you can still bring a group down. There's no – definitely different ways we can uh, put your group or what your needs are into the, the specific package to, uh, you know, cost-friendly and get you down to the game. So 416-596-3075 for tickets if you want to talk – talk to the Toronto Rock uh, ticket reps uh, you can hop online at torontorock.com obviously and talk to a, an account rep over the uh, the computer there and torontorock.com slash tickets if you want to just you know hop online and take a look for yourself and lead to Ticketmaster where you will be able to purchase tickets yourself so a lot going on and you know, did I miss anything there I no I think the big thing is I mean give KD a call if you're looking for some tickets and then you guys can talk buying or selling whether you agree with KD or not, and also at the same time, lock in your seats for, for sure. For sure. You know. That could go one of both ways. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the ticket part will lock you yeah. in, but if, if there's some uh, disagreeing listeners... Maybe that, a short call. Maybe a short... Yeah, <laughs> we'll just do the tickets and bl- blast my ear off about yeah. buying and selling <laughs> back in February or something. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But it's that's good. I appreciate the feedback. All right, so we're looking forward to a big one here Friday night. Uh, Colorado Mammoth in town. They've uh, obviously had a very strong season, and uh, the Toronto Rock coming off a pair of wins. We've talked about the Nick Rose Dylan Ward matchup that we're likely going to see on Friday night. Two of the top goaltenders going head to head in the National Lacrosse League. It is going to be great, and uh, it has only been a few weeks since there has been a game at Air Canada Centre, but it feels like a lot longer than that. So. I think everybody anxious to get back at it here Friday, and it's going to be a great day. And like KD said, if you're a coach out there, take advantage of the Coach's Clinic. It's going to be a, a good experience, something we're going to build on in the future and uh, get our feet with it, get our feet wet with it on Friday night uh, and Friday during the day here at the ACC. All right, so I think that'll be wrap things up. In the meantime, in the meantime, time for Kyle Davis, I'm Mike Hancock saying that's it. That's all. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access. We will chat next week.